This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. Couldn't be here without you. Couldn't be here without Capococco. Couldn't be here without Lafreniere. Couldn't be here without Adam Fox. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash Bushers Breakaway where you can get our BSBOTs. We'll be doing one this week. I think Wednesday or Thursday it'll drop this week. Very fun. Our Discord is always bumping. Our insiders chat. A very good time. A lot of great things. Anyway, thanks for the support. Uh, good show today. We have Katie Bakes from The Ringer on. We talk about Henrik Lundqvist. We talk about sports radio. And, of course, Greg and I break down the two games of, like, just two tales of two cities with uh, of CBJ and versus the Devils. And, I mean, the, the shootout, everything about it. And Greg talks about Taylor Swift in about a second. And it confuses the hell out of me. And in, any, in other news, let's, uh, let's get to the show. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Bushers Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. You can sponsor this podcast at patreon.com slash Bushers Breakaway. And I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also a Bushers Breakaway Patreon. And guess what? Guess what? The kids are here, Greg. Greg, say hello. Now, Ryan. Yes. This is going to be a, an upbeat, yep. I think, podcast. I got an email a couple what? weeks ago that was like, for you know, for being the number one New York Rangers podcast, you're the most negative anti-team podcast ever. And I was like, are we? <laughs> I don't think so. Have you listened to the other ones? Yeah. Anyway, sad sack of shit. So I'm going to get this out of my system right now. <laughs> I, I have a gripe. I have a gripe. Okay. I have a gripe. I need to share a gripe. Start negative? Okay. No, 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 no. It's, oh. it's not really about the New York Rangers. It's fair. It's about but I Mets. have a gripe I, I want to share and I want on record. Okay. You may have heard last week, Taylor Swift re-released an album. Yeah, Red, a 10-minute Taylor version. I, I'm not a Taylor fan. I'm sure it's well, a Taylor hype. First of all, no, no, no. All Too Well is one song encapsulated in one album but it's yes. the song everybody's talking about and i'm happy you brought that up it's a song i want to talk about okay here's my thing ryan <laughs> yeah i saw a lot of dudes mostly dudes some confused women but mostly dudes yes talk about how it's not normal for a person to talk about a breakup that happened 10 11 years ago today that's not normal that's okay. quote unquote psychotic behavior yep here's my thing are these the same dudes that are starting Potvin suck chance or listen, booing Alec Martinez I, I, or I, telling I, me Carlos Beltran <laughs> sort of swung at a curveball? Like, fuck you. You have issues, man. You have breakups. <laughs> they're, not, they're, not, they're not actual breakups. They're just sporting events. And it's the same thing. You're going through – we're all going through the same shit. We're all trying to exist <laughs> I, on this higher like... level of plane that we're all trying to get to. If we're talking about shit from 10 years ago, let them talk about shit from 10 years ago. Who cares? I can't believe this is live. the open. This is unbelievable. I, I it's don't. Been it's been bothering me. I, I, I went on this rant during the rain. I was at the Ranger game on Sunday, breaking news. Right. Went with our friend Jeff. Thank you. Went with our friend Jeff, big Devils fan. So it was even better for me. Yeah, I knew that you were there um, with him. It felt really good for me. But I did this rant to him loudly enough so other people in the section could hear me because I. I take Ranger games as an opportunity to test out some material every now and then. I think you should. One time a yeah. lady uh, turned her phone towards me and our my, our friend, or rather uh, part of the podcast, Drew Way, and it said, please be quiet. She didn't look at us. She just turned her phone with a message that said, please be quiet. I was like, where do you think we are? It's like unbelievable. <laughs> the, there were people sitting behind me. There are two dudes in front of me from Ireland, first Ranger game they've ever been to. And I'm sure they're they going were nuts. just reacting to things like soccer fans would. So they were standing yeah. up at weird times. Yep. And the people behind me were just like, 
Sit the fuck down. What? And at one point, I, I turned to them and I, I turned to them and I just, I didn't turn to the people that said, sit the fuck down. I turned to the Irish people sitting in front of me and said very loudly, I was like, don't worry about them. They too have legs. They can stand up. And that's all I said. Because, right. It's a sports event. It's a sporting event. Stand the fuck up. Like, yeah. Oh my God. You can't see for two seconds. Okay. We need to be happy. It has to happen. Because I people are, are going to yell at us. This... You know what made me really happy? Tell me. Kind of. I'm actually still a little angry about this too. So you were at the game um, though. Because, you know, I was at the game. DraftKings. If I'm going to. DraftKings had a line for over-under shots on goal for Artemi Panarin on after Saturday going into Sunday. What do you think the line was? Shots on goal, not goals, not points. Just shots on goal. Shots on goal, six? See, you're thinking logically. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was two and a half. Wow. That long? I'm upset I didn't put $10,000 on the over. They had two, it was two and a half shots on two goal and for half. Artemi Two and a half Panarin? was... Minus the over was minus one hundred four. Dude, the the which, the goal away story from the game on Saturday against Columbus Blue Jackets. He took eleven shots and six of them were on net. He, yes, I know. He said that one's I'm for well coach, aware. and then he asked Vince about his shampoo. Yes, <laughs> two and a half, Ryan. I should have. I who needs a job if I put all my life savings on that? Yeah, and yet I didn't. The easiest bet of all time. I, I I'm upset that we didn't have. That was a lock. Oof. Well, I mean, I made a. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I made a little money, but okay. I should have made all the money, and right. that's what I'm upset about. Right. Yeah. Uh, I have all those stories too. So uh, last time on the podcast, you and I did. Mm. Um, you would. You did a quintessential with what grinds my gears this week, Gregory Rant. Um, one of your better ones in a long time. Uh, the one today or last week? Last week, not today. Definitely not today. I thought the one today was pretty. good. I'm not gonna rank that in the top ten for sure. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, but last is that week, because my top ten is very good. No. <laughs> Actually, sometimes you're you have a strong top five. It's really up there. Like your top five, yeah. and including the Trubo, like you know, making that happen, that trade, that's a good one. You have a lot of stuff like that. But that's not a grinds my gears one. No, but you've done a lot of good in your life, especially on the in, in the Bush's breakaway sphere. That is, all right, you listen, came up, I'm, you came up with the billboard. That was good. Buddy, you're married. Take me out to dinner first. That's right? true. Sorry, my apologies. So uh, the game happens. I don't even know mm. where where was I. Oh yeah. So last week you talk about. Lafreniere and Kako and what exactly happened with that the New York Rangers and drafting them, which is that they had to. There was this, it would be stupid not to. And the mm-hmm. talent was there, and it was just you had to be patient and you had to wait. Because the Rangers are doing a terrible job developing forwards. Uh, I believe it was uh, what is it? I can't imagine. With the last thirty years they'd have an end of forward they drafted go over sixty points. I think I, that's not the exact stat, but it's something like that. And uh, then you were repaid, and Ranger fans were repaid with patience against the Devils team, who has, you know, it's not like a walkover. They didn't have Jack Hughes, but they did play very well. But the Rangers, who have we've lambasted, who are now 9-3-3, came out, and the two best players on the team versus the Devils, I, I, I can't believe I can say this, by Miles Capococco and Alexi Lafreniere. I don't know how that's possible, how they how they did it. Uh the shootout, Greg, I hate the shootout. I hate it. I think it's lame. I wish we would do ties. The shootout was, I, my hands were on my head. I was tense. It was like I was watching a playoff game. How was it in the building? Um, Man, had Lafreniere won it, I, know. I think the building would have been the loudest it's been since one of their last playoff runs. Definitely since I, I, would, I probably would have been on par with the Mika 5-goal game yes. as the only non-playoff eruption that would have equaled it um the building was it was pretty loud i the cockle goal i think every like 
souls left bodies, both <laughs> yeah, Ranger I mean, fans and the Devils fans that were in attendance. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest. The loudest the building was the entire night, though, was the Subban sucks chant. Nice. And moments like that really do. There's a very good reason why we're all chanting that. I know that. And he's a piece of shit. At the same time, when you have 15,000 plus people that all hate the same person equally, it really does just somehow make you feel a little happy. It's uh, There's something magic about that. Of yeah. that group bonding experience of a guy, and we'll talk about Sammy Blay in a second, uh, who the news has not come out. I know he got an MRI, MRI today. I can only assume it'll be weeks, if not months, if, if not worse, and we're hoping for the know, best. Ho- hockey players are fucking weird. That's, That's what I, I said that to Jeff last night, where, like, it looked terrible. The replays looked terrible. His leg looks like it disintegrates as it hits the board. Like, it, it reverberates in a way a leg is not supposed to reverberate. At the same time, he could be day to day and I'd be unsurprised. Like the Igor situation last year where he had like, was taken off the ice, carried off by the Reeves situation earlier this year. Yeah, that's true. You're right. So let's, let's be patient with Sammy Blay. We don't know just yet. Uh, we'll talk about the lineup changes, but let's finish up the game. So overtime happens. Adam Fox is in his zone for two, three minutes. What's going through your mind as you're watching the overtime where it, Panarin can't get a shift change. The Rangers are stuck in their own zone. Georgiev is in net. We've seen this a million times. I'm afraid that he's going to go down the hallway with somebody. What's going on? Like, the building is tense, right? You're talking about the Devils' seemingly two-and-a-half-minute possession that essentially ended overtime? Yes. At no point did I feel threatened. And I don't think anyone in the building felt threatened. Love that. I don't think Jeff felt confident sitting next. It was very fascinating to be at that game with a Devil fan because it, it... if you or I were there, I think the emotions would have felt different. But Jeff's telling me the entire game saying, I don't want this game to go to overtime. Our three-on-three situation sucks. The best thing we can hope for is to essentially play for the shootout. And even then, that sucks because we don't have anyone to take shootouts. And I was, I'm sitting there. At no point during that three-on-three, yes, it got frustrating. The Rangers couldn't get the puck. At no point did I feel like the Rangers were in danger of giving up a goal. I had never felt that way on a three-on-three situation. It just... They weren't – they were controlling the puck. They weren't creating opportunities. It, it was unlike anything I've seen. The only thing I could compare that to is for soccer fans out there, there are times where teams literally try to just dribble the ball to the corner, sit on the ball, and just maintain possession to kill time off stoppage time. That's what that three-on-three felt like. It honestly felt like the Devils wanted to get to the shootout. And I want to talk more about that game. But I do want to push back on something you said earlier. Hit me. Uh, the point of the Rangers haven't developed a forward, a 60-point forward they've drafted since God knows when. Mm-hmm. It, it's a disingenuous comment in my mind. Because are you going to sit here and tell me that Chris Kreider hasn't had an effective, above-expectation career? You're going to tell me Derek Stepan wasn't a good player for the New York Rangers? It, it, the 60-point threshold a feels good, a little a choosy. He was a good player. The, all I'm saying is, I'm not saying the New York Rangers are better at developing talent than we're giving them credit for. I'm just saying to choose the 60-point threshold, that eliminates the forwards the Rangers have been able to develop. And it, I, I just want to push back on that. That is because, a good point. Yeah, Step Stepan outperformed every expectation we ever had for him. And you replay Chris Kreider's career 100 times, I think he underperforms this level of performance at least 40% of the time, like a lot of things could have gone wrong for Chris Kreider 
and then everything's going right for him right now. He's the hottest right. ever. I, I know they didn't. I know they didn't draft Matt Zuccarello technically, but that's like that's talent they identified and signed. So it's 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 a little choosy. I, I understand we have high expectations for Kako and Lafreniere. I'm not saying As they should develop properly. I, I understand all that. I just I really hate that narrative in particular because that's like me saying, well, the Mets haven't been able to develop a 55 plus home run hitter just because Pete Alonso only hit 53. Yeah, that's a good point. So solid point. I, there have there have been some, and also the Rangers didn't draft a first round pick for I don't know many many years. So yeah, that that also plays into it. It's, it's very it's very choosy to me. I we can be critical of how Kako and Lafreniere have developed specifically without saying the Rangers have never been able to do this. Again, it's it, it's this word nuance, right? It's crazy. But anyway, hockey games. Yes. So the, um, see, the let's go back to the Blue Jackets game, a game that I walked to the bathroom and the Rangers scored three goals in a minute and three seconds. Uh, I just, it was an explosion. They, they, they looked pretty. In the bathroom? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Thank you for asking. I was wondering when someone was going to ask me how it went, but. No one did. Well, I, anytime you use the word explosion immediately after saying you went to the bathroom, I need to check People in. told me to stay in there, and it was it was rough for me. It was hard, Gregory. I have to, I'll be honest with you, but I stayed in there for Jesus. the game because you had to. You, you know, they scored right. three goals. Uh, Igor gets taken out of the game in concussion protocol. Not really uh, – seemingly not really an issue. Just a spotter. Same, same thing that happened with Blackwood uh, last night versus, versus when Capo runs into him. We asked Tim Peel last week, what is goalie interference? Uh, we still don't know. We still don't know. I, I honestly feel better and better for even asking now. You it's, should. The last the last couple of games have just proven my point. It's amazing. I will say this. Watching the first period of that Blue Jackets game, if you had told me the next five periods of Rangers hockey would be some of the best hockey they've played all season, wouldn't have believed it. There's no That way. first period against the Blue Jackets was as abysmal as any hockey we've seen this entire year. And it was even more worrisome in my mind because that was the first period of hockey they had played in a week so they were supposed to be at their freshest and they came out and they didn't just lay an egg they looked as lost as ever and that at that moment I was like man it ain't working whatever it is supposed to be this isn't it and then and then (laughs) it it got better which is good yeah Chris Kreider and Panarin just absolutely I don't want to say blow up a bathroom but they definitely uh, put some in the pot for sure. And from there... They took they took the Browns to the Super Bowl. <laughs> they did. And then it, it was really the, the, the tale of two games, which is the vets and then the kids. The kids did it all. There's a Slack notification. I'm a dummy. I'm an idiot. Um, How do you have it open? I don't know. I always forget because I work all day on it. It's so stupid. And I keep it open. And then I record my own you audio. You don't close your browsers at the end of the day. It's not a browser. It's, a, it's an app I use on my desktop. It's different. I'm a dummy. Jesus Christ. Uh, I know. Such an idiot. Uh, yes. So the, the kids take care of the devil's game pretty much on their own. I know Adam Fox has a backhand move that, how does Adam Fox make everything look so effortless? Wait, are you, are you suggesting Adam Fox isn't one of the kids? Yeah, I guess he is one of the kids. I feel like he's a vet. (laughs) His, his extension doesn't kick in until next year. He's literally on his entry level contract. He is a child. You're making a a good point. I think he's only two years older than Kako, but it feels like he's like 35 years old and like a grizzled veteran. But yeah, you're right. Um, he made that backhand, and Steve Aliquette did a great job breaking this down. Like, why 
as a defender, would you ever practice the backhand? You're never going to use it. And he does it in such a nonchalant, like, oh, yeah, I can do this kind of way, where it's like, oh, yeah, Adam Fox. I feel like I you have to fire his agent, like, now, because $9.5 million is not enough. He really is that good. It's At the same time, his agent should have a lifetime contract because he helped engineer Adam Fox to get to the New York Rangers. That's true. Let's, help let, him, let's be thankful. Help him achieve also, his goal. While while the children and we need to give the children all the praise, especially Kako, who had just a he, Kako easily could have had three points had he been able to hit the yes. weird empty netter. Um, but a, a little shout out to Sammy Blay pre injury. In the moment, that goal happened on the opposite ice from where I was sitting, and I was I reacted to Blay reacting. I had assumed the puck was already in the net at some point in time. Sammy Blay throwing the entire Devils team off their feet by just acting like the puck was already in the net, despite the puck not being in the net yet. I know he doesn't get an assist on the Lafreniere goal, but we should think about changing that. Yeah, <laughs> he he definitely did, uh, I don't want to say bluff his way through, but it certainly helped. Kako should have shot that one too. It seemed like he had another position, but uh, gave it to Lafreniere and they, they, they got the goal they needed. This Ranger team is in a really interesting position, Greg. They're 9-3-3. Three, three. They have 21 mm. points. They're a point behind the Capitals. The Hurricanes have two games in hand, and they're a point behind them also. The Hurricanes are on a different level this year, despite having six other Rangers, former Rangers, that is. And then they're they're four up on the Devils right now. And the Penguins are struggling. The Islanders are struggling. Then the Flyers are definitely struggling. So uh, this division is still hell. You and I have talked every week about how this team needs to figure something out and get things going because they've been crushed at 5v5. Is this the time they turn the corner? The game Saturday versus the Ottawa Senators is canceled uh, due to COVID precautions. They will still play the Canadiens on tonight. Uh, and then Thursday is the Maple Leafs. So it should be a, a little bit of an interesting week. The, the Maple Leafs will be a test. The Canadians are struggling right now. Uh, the, Canadians, so hope- the Canadians are flat out bad. Yes. I, I just... They have 11 oh, losses, like which I believe is the second highest in the league. I'll double check right now. But Oh, yeah, sorry. The Coyotes yeah, I mean, have 13. My apologies. Uh, should have figured that well, one out. You said second highest, not highest. Oh, I did. There we go. So, yeah, I was right. Uh, they have 11 losses right now. They they seemingly don't have anything going for them whatsoever. Carey Price obviously came out and uh, talked about his addiction problems and how he's going through them. So, they're lacking him. Also, they their captain retired in Shea Weber. And then they traded away or they lost one of their best centers. So the Canadians have a lot going on and hopefully the Rangers can perform in, in a not trap game style uh, in this situation. I You have to imagine that Lafreniere and Kako are going to get some more chances, which brings me to Mike's conversation. Philip Hedl seemingly is coming back at this point in time uh, from his day-to-day injury. I guess he was IR'd, but it's, we didn't know what the injury was, but it was day-to-day and he, he's skating on his own. Uh, one thing I posted on Twitter earlier, Greg, and I don't know if you saw it, I really kind of like the idea of putting Hedl on the right wing, and I, I think you're going to fight back against it because I want to keep Goodrow on the third. And that would be Mika, Kreider, and and uh, Hedl on the top line, and then you keep that line of Strom, Panarin, and Kako together. Or do you think you should move Lafreniere up to the right wing and just get it over with? Well, first, not to gloss over it because uh, we've both gotten plenty of jokes off, not at Carey Price's expense, more at how the NHL views Carey Price. But best wishes, God bless. For sure. Whatever Carey Price needs is what Carey Price needs to do. And I think it's great that he is taking charge. There's a life outside of hockey. And I'm very happy when hockey players not only realize that, but understand the importance of it off the ice. So whatever Carey Price needs to do, I know you and I are big fans and will support whatever he feels is necessary. And I hope whatever is ailing him, 
he finds some peace. Yeah, and, we and never we make our jokes on here and we'll talk our crap for sure. Uh, and but with when it comes to something serious like this, we're never going to wish anything ill on on anybody. That's, that's no, for sure. but to your Heedle point, it's an interesting question. I'm not going to. It's not a bad idea in a vacuum, and it's something we've talked about all the time. I I, I think even before the season started, you and I had conversations of. You know, what would happen if the Rangers put Goodrow at third line center and just when when Kravtsov wouldn't come home, we said, does it make sense to just move Heedle up, even though if he's not playing center? And in a vacuum, you, you would just want as much talent as humanly possible in your top six. And if Philip Heedle is one of your six most talented players, yes, the Rangers should absolutely be finding opportunities to get him in the top six. But we still can't have a Filipino conversation without also having a Ryan Strom conversation because there is a decision the New York Rangers are going to have to make after this season in regards to Ryan Strom. And, and a variable that will go into that decision is Filipino. Is he capable of being a top six center? Whether it's injuries starting and stopping or situations like this, where the New York Rangers just have to put a guy up in the lineup because someone else is hurt. We just seemingly always find an excuse to put off this answer. And it's, it's always driven me a little batty. I I, I don't want (laughs) to say it. Yeah. It's just, it's, this isn't a question we should be asking anymore. We should have more firm answers than what we have. And the fact that we not only don't have more firm answers, it doesn't feel like we've ever gotten off the initial question whatsoever. It bugs me so much. And I, I, so to answer, to answer the question you have asked me tonight, if you're telling me the top line is Kreider, Zibanejad, and Heedle, I think that's a good thing for the New York Rangers on Tuesday night. But if you're asking me if putting Heedle on the wing is good for the New York Rangers beyond Tuesday night, I don't fucking know. I really don't. I don't I, know either because I don't know what happens with Ryan Strom. I've gone from there's I've gone from two off seasons of saying there's no way he makes this team. There's no way he stays on this team. I still think they might trade him this upcoming trade deadline. I don't think yeah, he's I, safe at all. I think the I, I think the boat sailed there, buddy. You think yeah. he's staying now at this point? Yeah, unless the Rangers lose something like ten in a row, there's no way the Rangers aren't going to be on at minimum the periphery of the playoff discussion. They are. They're they're finding ways to get points right now. Yeah, seemingly every single. You said it earlier. They're nine, three, and three. Twelve points in fifteen games. The New York Rangers will have to go. It would have to. I, I don't want to say they have to go historically cold because this. If anything, this offense has shown us they can go historically cold. Igor Shosturkin has to go historically cold for the Rangers to fall out of playoff contention. And as long as he's healthy, hard to see that happening. So. So I saw a I lot of people I don't, I don't. give me give me some grief on this and just say, well, do you hate Lafreniere? Do you not want to move him up? I think they tried to do that experiment of having Lafreniere play right wing, and I I, I don't think it went. Not that it didn't go well. I just think no, Lafreniere didn't feel still comfortable. Just move Kreider back over. That's the Lafren, the, the line of Lafreniere, Zibanejad, and Kreider at no point was not producing. It was always doing everything it should do besides put the puck in the net. That was the one thing. And a lot of that has to fall on the shoulders of Mika Zibanejad. Kreider's doing his part. Lafreniere had a lot of success 
structurally on that line. I personally don't have it. I, I, I can't come up with a reason why that line isn't together right now. I couldn't come up with a reason why that line wasn't together when Sammy Blay was playing on it or Barkley Goodrow or anyone. That line, the top line should still be Lafreniere's advantage at Kreider in my mind. It was a good line then. It'll be a good line now, especially since Zibanejad's game seems to be on the upswing and Chris Kreider is the hottest human being on earth. Um, I do wonder if that was part Chris Kreider and part Lafreniere saying, hey, we're just really not that comfortable playing right wing. I, I don't know if that if Gallant has that information and that's what he's working with. Does Chris, does Chris Kreider strike you as a man that's going to say he's uncomfortable doing something? No, never, never, ever, ever. But you also don't want to mess with something that's so goddamn hot right now. Yeah, but he's been hot all year, and he started the year as a right winger. So it's not like he got moved off right wing and caught fire. Mm-hmm. When when nobody was scoring on the New York Rangers, the only person scoring was right winger Chris Kreider. Yes, so I, he was scoring I, on the power I, I, play. I'll push, back, yeah. I'll, I'll push back on the notion that the only thing that got Chris Kreider hot was moving Lafreniere off that line. It's just, it's not the case. It's been hot all year. Playing with, it hasn't mattered who Chris Kreider has played with or what wing he's playing on. He's done it both. He's done it well. He's been very good all year long. So I, I, I still, I don't know what lesson we're trying to teach Alexi Lafreniere by playing him on the third line. I, I get, I get, having to hold players accountable and making sure that they feel like if their game's slipping to do something to correct that. But I'm at a point in time where the top line in my mind needs to be Zibanejad at center, Chris Kreider on the right. And it's either Artemi Panarin on that left wing or Alexi Lafreniere on that left wing. I don't really see another option that is acceptable in my eyes, especially now. Sammy Blay was an acceptable option before. Barkley Goodrow's never an acceptable option. But with one of those options out, it definitely isn't the solution now. Yeah, that's why I think he, the Heedle option is just so interesting. But the Strom point you make about well, what the hell do we do when Strom is gone, or if he, or if or is he going? Who knows? Will the Rangers extend him? Well, I, that'll be a conversation you and I have a lot over the next couple months because I think we're slowly headed towards that reality where they offer him a five-year contract or something. I, 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 don't I have, know. I, I, Ryan, I honestly with with Strom, I know we're talking about other things, but I'm just, I'm not going to know then, and I don't know now because you're also you're getting to a point where the New York Rangers don't necessarily have a lot of long-term money just lying around. They have very so the, little. The, the the argument I've shifted on now that the Eichel everything is over is that I think it's just going to be a revolving door for the New York Rangers at two at, in their middle six. One one person between Hedl and Strom is here for the long haul. I don't know which one at this point in time. And that other spot is just going to be dudes on one-year deals or rentals every year. Let's uh let's get to five star questions before we get to our guest Katie Bakes today. This one's first one's from J uh, Hardesty seventy two. I know neither of you guys are big Olympic hockey fans. It's beginning to seem like a reality that Kreider will be a lock for the team. I mean, a power play with Kreider, Matthews, and Fox would be deadly. I mean, I, I would imagine Chris Kreider would make this American team. I can't imagine a situation where he doesn't. It's probably a fourth I can imagine liner. a couple situations where he doesn't. It's, it's dumb. <laughs> like you, you, you want me to sit here and say I expect U.S. hockey to make the right decision? You're right. They had three locked spots they could make make for this team. They're, they yes. chose a defenseman, and it wasn't Adam Fox. Their GM. You want me to sit here and tell away. you I feel confident Fine. that Chris Kreider is going to be on the Olympic team? Yes, you're right. You're right. I can't say anything. You're right. Yeah. Uh, this one's from uh, Will Heat twelve. What's up, Will? If if Tony D'Angelo does not fight Georgiev last year, does Adam Fox win the Norris? <laughs> I mean, it is an interesting ripple effect, It's right? such but an interesting butterfly effect question. Right? At the same time, it's not really because Fox was already playing PP1 over D'Angelo. It started happening before they took him away. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, it started happening right away. They were like, hey, this Fox guy is pretty good, huh? So Remember when there was this portion of Ranger Twitter that said he couldn't run the power play? By God. Sorry, he's just the best defenseman in the NHL. And he's yours yeah, for the next just... seven years. Congrats. I'll, I'll say I'll say the same thing I said to the fucking idiot in our section who tried to get multiple fuck Joe Biden chance started. Some people are just fucking stupid. Yeah. Like it's, hey, that's my point. You're at a Ranger game. I, if you harbor those beliefs, whatever. I don't. I do care, but I, this isn't the time or the place. But you left your house. You paid hundreds of dollars to go to a hockey game involving the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. At no point is Joe Biden in the building. <laughs> There's no politics going on in front of you. You're literally watching, if we're being honest, a bunch of conservative white men play a sport. And you're choosing this as the option to be like, you know what? I need to make a stand. Just what goes through your mind? I don't know. I, it's a sports I, I game. I'm here I for sports. Relate. Stick to, you know what? Did you say that you didn't say the line? Did you? You should have said the line. Oh, I did not say stick to sports. I literally said... <laughs> told I told Jeff I just I wonder why people leave their house. You should I, you got to say stick to sports. That's that's the line. That's what you have to say. No, hey, I stick just, to sports. It's it's just so exhausting. It's just it's a level of stupid that I a dummy can't achieve. And I maybe a little jealous. I don't know. There's yeah. there's something going on. Me too. What is uh? This is from Nick I. What is the new? What happens first? Eichel gets traded or? Where, this will be a new segment. We'll have to figure it out. We, I don't have I don't have an answer right now. It's because the, the Mets are going to have a GM and Eichel is on Vegas. So there you go. Mm, I I had one. What was it? I honestly I saw this question in the Discord and I thought about it and I had it. I get well. Ben Simmons is still hanging around. Yeah, the Ben Simmons. Well, thing actually, is a, is actually, game. this one's easy, Ryan, mm-hmm. because I made this joke again last night. You know, Lieber Hayek is still a New York Ranger. He's conditioning. Okay. <laughs> yep. Still, still on the roster. They still put his. They put his face on the big board when they're introducing all the players still. He's conditioning. He's just – he needs he needs condition. That's it. He's getting a little shampoo down in the what, AHL. What happens first? Anything to Lieber Hayek or whatever we want to compare this to? I like this. All right, I'm going to think uh, I'm gonna think of an answer. We'll come back next week. Uh, what happens first? Lieber Hayek gets traded or Ben Simmons gets traded? Ugh. Hayek. Hayek. Definitely Hayek. I think they're conditioning him down in the AHL to shine, kind of show him off, to try and trade him no matter what. You're sure about that? I'm not. I'm making that up, but I'm trying really hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's November 15th, Ryan. <sighs> still here. Yeah. This is from Bronx Harlem Hockey. How would you rate the Rangers as an organization, specifically the front office administration? The top guys in the Rangers office are almost 80 years old. If the Rangers organization is out of touch with young players and their development, do, do players stay here in part – uh, to be part of the Rangers, or do they stay here because of the, being a millionaire in your twenties in New York City is amazing. Uh, I think I think it's both. L- listen, I, if- I think it's, I'll, I'll go I'll go one step further. I think it's neither. Name me five organizations you can for sure say are better. The Leafs, for sure. Well, I guess what do we? How are we quantifying better? That's the question. My point here, Ryan, you're thinking too hard on this. Everybody in the NHL is stupid. Every single organization. That's like every our thesis team. of our podcast. Yeah. So while I think me personally in a vacuum, the New York Rangers, if I'm just grading the Rangers, me, independent of everything else, the grade's probably a little harsh. If I take into account that I have to grade this entire league on a curve, I mean, there's still no worse than probably a B because the entire league sucks. Well, it's not just that. Do players want to stay here because part of the Rangers? You have no idea how well the Rangers treat their players comparatively to some organ- other organizations. Well, yeah, I mean, Rangers are are top class if you're a player. You get everything you want and more, where that's just not the case in Sunrise, Florida. So, uh, yeah, and I, I'll also 
this isn't like other sports where there's clearly more money in some cities. Every team has the same amount of money. I understand there's some tax issues going on in Tampa Bay. There's a lot going on in Tampa Bay that makes someone ask questions that deserve to be asked. But if you're if you're Dylan Larkin, the money you could get in Detroit as a free agent is no different than the money you can get in New York as a free agent. So you're just going to go to which team you think will win more games. And the New York Rangers are one of the few organizations – especially now that the rebuild is over, that makes it abundantly clear they put a priority on winning games. So it's, I don't know, I, it's, it's, it's the NHL. The Rangers are the Rangers. The Bruins are the Bruins. Like some of these teams are just, they are what they are, and they'll never be a worse grade because the other, it's, it's more common on how bad other teams are than it is how good the New York Rangers are. This is from Ice Witch of the Frozen North. We talk a lot about regressing to the mean uh, as the team itself in 5v5. Do you worry that Igor could regress to the mean before the rest of the team improves? I think we just have to have faith that this kind of who this is who Igor is. He's kind of always been this player. He's always been this person, uh, even in the KHL. And we have to just hope that he can maintain this level of play. Because I don't expect him to regress. Even if he does regress down at play, because he's playing out of his mind right now, I don't expect it to be too much i don't expect him to really fall off i think you're probably with me on that greg yeah this it's going to be hard for me to say these words and it's a lot of stuff i'm putting on igor shesterkin but like when jacob Degrom regresses he doesn't become a league average pitcher instead of striking out 15 every night he strikes out eight and instead of giving up negative two runs he gives up one like it's i there's i don't expect igor to post shutouts every night but I think a average Igor Shosturkin is still better than 70% of other goalies in the NHL. Upstate Vin, do you think the Rangers will name Fox the captain before the end of the season? No. No. I do not. I think it'll be next year. I don't expect the Rangers to name anybody a captain ever again. <laughs> this is for Benny. What kind of party do we, are we going to throw if Kreider somehow wins the goals uh, record scoring this year? Probably he won't because Connor McDavid exists. Yeah. I just I'm at a point now where if Kreider doesn't score 30 goals, I need yeah a, I don't know what to say. I I need to launch a a like it's either committee. some if, if he's healthy and he doesn't score 30 goals, I have nothing else. I got nothing. I just it's just never gonna happen. It's one of those things. It's you reach we 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 talk about players having ceilings, but if Kreider can't do it, it's a literal ceiling. Like I can see it. It has writing on it. It's an actual structure that we can pinpoint to and be like. Oh, look, we're on level 29. It doesn't go any higher. We've run out of floors. This is from Jack Rogan, 25. What do you think Blaze injury does for the Rangers? Do you think, do you see uh, more of McKeg or do you think we'll call it Barron? Well, McKeg went back down to the AHL today. Uh, so that's not going to happen. And seemed to eh, be... I don't say it's not going to happen. It's not, it's, it means he's not playing on Tuesday. That's all it means for Tuesday. I don't think much is going to change just yet. I, I think they'll shuffle the lines, especially because Heedle's coming back, so it'll probably be the same lineup, but take out Blay and put in Heedle. That's pretty much it for right now. I agree. It's – I don't know. I think Gochi has been stuff, good. Like, you know, he's been a little bit yeah, impressive. I, I don't think you can take Gochi out of the lineup. I'm also all for just putting Gochi on the top line. He had another great game. He's – I made this comment on Twitter, and it, it, it just becomes more apparent every day where it's like this dude just wants to be great. And it's like we stopped the download a little too early. And we haven't figured out how to continue that download. But I, I don't see I, – I, I hate calling players up just to have them sit. So if Morgan Barron isn't going to have a spot on a nightly basis, I don't, I don't 
want him here. It doesn't make any sense. Just keep playing every night in Hartford, who's having a really good year on their own and seems to be gelling both offensively and defensively. He's in a great position to mature and develop his game. But there's, I have no reason to take Goche out of the lineup. I have no use for another center at this point in time that would have to play top nine minutes. I, I'd rather just continue shuffling McKeg up and down if the Rangers just need a body in case someone picks up a little knock on an injury day. But like you said, him go McKeg being sent down is literally just telling me that Heedle is definitely playing Tuesday. That's all it's telling me. I fully expect McKeg to come back up before Thursday to serve as the extra forward. Final question from TSE1231. A lot has been made of grit and intangibles, as well as the Rangers' streak being quote-unquote unsustainable to the eye test. Is it possible we've misinterpreted grit? Most took it as punching Wilson in the face, but instead we seem to be finding intangible ways to win games we should not. Well, no, because the intangible way the Rangers have won a lot of their games this year is Igor Shosturkin is better than everybody. I do think there's something to Gallant. I haven't fallen in love yet. There's something he's doing that's just different than David Quinn. Igor is better than everyone, and the Rangers have some undeniable talent between Artemi Panarin and uh, Igor Shosturkin and Adam Fox. Like Those three can just win games on their own. But there, there, there is just something about Gallant that I do feel like he's making a difference in these close games. And I don't know exactly what it is just yet, but Igor is a big part of it, obviously. Uh, you, you make that point, and I can't argue it. What am I supposed to say? Igor is one of the best goalies on the planet right now. But I do have, I do think the Glant effect has, has taken control of this team just a little bit. I'll say this. I think the, the most noticeable thing I've seen from Gerard Gallant that David Quinn frustratingly wouldn't do is Quinn, not only would he jumble the lines, but if it was a position late in the game and the second line was out there. He's just going to put the third line out there next, whereas Gallant has a better read on what players need to be on the ice when and where the faceoff is coming. And I think that it's a it it's not a small thing whatsoever. It's a better understanding of X's and O's that we know David Quinn didn't have. But I'll I'll say that while also saying the reason the Rangers are 9-3 three, and 3 is because of Igor Shosturkin. And the Rangers would be 9-3-3 three, and three with David Quinn as the head coach if Igor Shosturkin was playing this well. It, 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 it's Gallant's doing plenty of things that also don't make sense. Lafreniere's ice time. The, the structure, who gets put on the first line with Zibanejad and Kreider. There, a lot of things worth asking questions about. The reason why the Rangers are playing well is because of Igor. And the thing you should be most, again, there's a possibility it doesn't happen. But the Rangers are too good to continue to be that bad at five on five. It should change at some point. It seemingly has started to shift five of the last six periods. The Rangers have played need to see it more sustained, but things should be better offensively for this team. And if it gets better offensively for this team, I don't know if the sky's the limit, but the, it's a very high limit. All right, let's get to our interview with Katie Bakes. We're going to talk about Henrik Lundqvist uh, a lot. All right, here we go. Transition. Hey, we're back with recurring guest Katie Bakes. She's coming on to talk about our favorite topic ever, Henrik Lundqvist. Katie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, there's something off the rip I would like to get to. So Henrik Lundqvist, beautiful man, suit model, uh, a legendary goalie, some other things we can't say on this spot. We can say them, but we won't. Um, has open heart surgery and then transitions seamlessly into media in a way that just is uncomfortably good. Um, what has been your reaction so far to Hank just going beyond behind the desk and just crushing it yet again 
Yeah, not just not just a suit. It's like three a three piece suit. I think I've spotted a few times. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's it's kind of weird to to say this or think this, but um, I, yeah, for someone who you know went to the capitals, and I don't think anyone really begrudged him for that, but still, and then for the heart surgery to happen, and it for uh, you know all those things to happen that you obviously would never wish on on anyone, especially him, um, things really sort of worked out in a very oddly smooth manner when it came to, you know, I think everyone al al always thought that someday the Rangers would retire his number and we, there were sort of good feelings on all sides for the most part. And, um, but for it to, like you said, for it to happen so seamlessly, um, has you know yeah we're very spoiled in the in the New York area between this and the Manning cast it's kind of like all of our favorites are back on TV um, as if they were barely ever gone and um, so it's been fun to watch and like you said he's he's done a great job already and um, I'm I was actually thinking like I'm really looking forward to when the games are a little bit higher stakes and maybe even when we get to some sort of you know recurring series and that sort of thing or um you know seeing opponents again and again like i can't wait to just hear his insight on some of the opponents and um it's always just fun to have that um that you know literal perspective katie does it i, I don't know the exact way to phrase this question so i'm just going to blurt it out and hope that <laughs> makes perfect sense um is it shocking how good the new york studio game is for just about every team like you, you you talked about us being spoiled between like the manning cast which is espn's production that just has a seemingly forever new york twang to it but like between the knicks and the rangers on msg the mets shockingly at sny the non michael k stuff that yes does this it's like new york <laughs> has somehow per perfected the in-studio game and I, I i don't know how to take that as a sports fan yeah, I mean, on, like, honestly, even I would extend that to say we're so spoiled by even the, like, the play-by-play -play and the color. I mean, it's, even when you go back to the fact that, like, this has been ongoing for so long, like, Mike Breen and, and Walt Frazier used to be the radio guys, you know, for the Knicks, and it's just kind of, well, it's just kind of mind-boggling to, um, you know, you mentioned the Mets, like, there's nothing you know, given how some Mets seasons tend to go, it's just such a blessing that you have that booth. Um, but yeah, the studio shows are great as well. And it, um, it is, a, it, you know, it, it's part of the, honestly, it's part of the reason I'm even like in sports in any way was because we've always been so blessed with such amazing broadcasters and it just hooked me and, you know, from radio to TV and, um, you know, I, I, Rangers radio, like it's everything. It's just, we're very spoiled. Um, it it, it kind of comes into clarity when you watch or listen to out of town broadcast sometimes. And, you know, no disrespect to anyone. It's the hardest thing ever. I'd be terrible at it, but there's just such a difference sometimes. In some of the, it's night and day. It's product. really astounding. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you're watching, like yeah. a, I'll, I'll go like, I'll go flip around games. It's like, oh my God, this, this is what you guys have to listen to every night. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have Steve Valaket. He has like seven Emmys. I just he's lined them up. 
What a bragger. Um, in this case, though, you could tell right away that Henrik Lundqvist got so into it. And I thought he'd be kind of nicer to the players, but there are sort of those periods where you can kind of see it in his eyes where the Rangers are just letting up a million shots and no one's defending. And he's just having the sort of the war flashbacks that he's like, I, this happened to me so often in my career. I mean, he can only get better from here. Um, do you expect him to stay at MSG or maybe go somewhere else? Does ESPN come in and poach? Well, what is the next step? Because Henrik can do whatever he wants. It's funny. As, as you were describing the look in his eyes, I was thinking to myself, you know, we've all sadly seen that look in the in the locker room, um, which is also um, telling of why he's so successful and, and sort of um, – whether or not, you know, I'm not necessarily surprised that he has taken to it quickly because as a player, and especially you, you never know with goalies, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, the goalie doesn't talk on game day. You know, they're sort of the kooky um, outlier. But he was he was just always someone that was right there after every terrible loss. Like he'd be one of the, you know, two or three go-to people. And um I, I think I saw that when he signed with MSG, they, you know, he had had discussions with, you know, your ESPNs and such, and I'm sure they're going to continue to, um, to want him. So, yeah. um, but I, I, my, my guess is that he, it seems to me, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't see like exactly what his schedule is or anything, but it seems to me like he has a pretty good setup with MSG where, um, you know, he's not exactly like schlepping onto the, you know, or like even doing like late games. No, he does seven o'clock Tuesdays and like, that's it. Like, yeah, that's all he does. So it's a great, like, you know, and maybe even if he does move to some national stuff, I would think he would maintain. I mean, he he does seem like someone that is, you know, I I would expect to be in the rotation for a long time, whether or not it's like his, you know, only or primary situation it's crazy because they yeah, bought like him out said, he, he will just give him they yeah. bought him out Katie. <laughs> they were like you know what you're the best player that's oh we can't, we can't say that with brian leach but we can make a we can make a you're the very close you're one of the greatest players ever on this team we're just gonna buy you out you can go to the capitals no problem and they you know i don't know if they knew about the heart issue or not but the guy was you know he right. had the surgery and he was trying to play hockey like a two months later it's unbelievable and the rangers lost cast because of that i know it's um, it like like I said, I mean, if you had asked me, you know, a few years ago, you know, will will there be good relationships down the road between the team and him? I would have said yes, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought it would be this very instantaneous path. And you know, it's obviously just a credit to him and everyone involved. And you know, it it, it makes it that much more heartbreaking that you know, he never got you know got that cup with the Rangers. And um, but it's also it's yeah, you know, it's. Um, and you know what, I'm not, I'm going to say it like it's, I also feel, um, robbed of not, I, you know, I, I'm a lover of Ovechkin regardless of being a Rangers fan. So I was excited for him to go to the Capitals. Obviously it was a little bit of, you know, you don't want to face him too much, but I was also like, maybe this could be the place, you know, and, um, two people I like to root for in, in one on one team. And, um, so that was never to be either. And um, I'm sorry to, if, if, the, if that offends no, anyone. Listen, but, I, I like Ovechkin know, too. Hockey, I was happy yeah, that yeah. He, he won his cup when it happened. Uh, I don't like other players on the on the Washington Capitals, naming like Tom Wilson in that case. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, go on, Greg. Yeah, Katie, you're, I think every time we have you on, it's you're essentially our Henrik Lundqvist legacy expert. Because I think the first time we had you on is essentially when Hank decided to 
stay a ranger when the letter came out. The second time we had you on, when they decided to buy him out, and now we're having you on when he's become one of the best in studio analysts the New York sports media has ever seen. But I, I do have to ask, as his legacy expert, which is essentially what I am now giving you credit as being, um, is your legacy of Hank impacted at all? I know you just said you wish you saw him as a capital, but does it does it keep Henrik in such a high stature that he really never did play another game with anyone but the Rangers, even though, again, heartbreaking, almost literally right. circumstances? But would I don't think any of us would feel differently about Hank, but there's still something a little sweet to the fact that he's a Ranger and only a Ranger, essentially. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I guess the only it's only, like it could only be more pure if he had just, you know, retired and um and there wasn't the the kind of um unforeseen detour but yeah no i mean it, it i think that it certainly makes all of it sm- like a smoother transition and um and you know if i guess the rangers were due for like a a good homecoming after you know usually they're just seeing people leave and go to the club's blue jackets and <laughs> have their homecomings there and um, so yeah, it's, I, it, I'm really glad it has, um, unfolded this way, obviously with the caveat being that we wish it hadn't unfolded this way. <laughs> um, but you know, he, it, 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 honestly, it's been fun to watch him. Um, you, you, as you mentioned, he, he can be not necessarily critical, but you can see the sort of the truth in his eyes. Um, but then, and then on the other, the flip side of that, um, I forget when it was, it was probably a few weeks ago, but he was talking about Adam Fox and it was just so cool to see. You could just see how good Adam Fox is to have Hank talking about him the way he was and kind of remembering, um, you know, when they had overlapped a little bit, what he had seen. And um, it's fun to see that angle and to, you know, because obviously there's only a few people that have that, you know, that view of the world. And so um, it's, you know, just really makes the broadcast so much better. I mean, he wished he had a person like Adam Fox in front of him. Oh my all those goodness! Years. Yeah, there was a little bit of uh, jealousy. Yeah, twenty-two year old Adam Fox. Talk about just how cool a cucumber that Adam Fox is. Um, yeah, you can you can just like you said, there's some wartime flashbacks going on there. But yeah, it's really fun to see. I mean, um, like I said, I look forward to when you know there's a a big game and and we can get kind of a detailed you know, uh, this is how this guy shoots type stuff. Cause I love that. Like, I love that in baseball when you've got, you know, a batter talking about facing a pitcher. And um, so he, he can provide that. And well, when um, him and Valak just go side by side and are starting to break stuff yep. down, it's like hockey heaven. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. These guys see everything. It's the, it's the best. Yep. Um, I do. We want... got to get them doing more like, you know, getting up and like physically moving around. <laughs> I know we got to get them like a green screen and everything and have them like do the weather. But instead of hockey blocking shots, it would be a, quite a segment. I'll pitch to MSG <laughs> and they'll ignore my emails as always. Um, so now that we've gone through that, um, I kind of want to get your feelings on just how like you feel about the team in general and where we are. Obviously, you know that they have uh, the young children and Adam Fox, Lafreniere and Kako. Lafreniere and Kako notably went off last night against the Devils and, uh, Right now, it's kind of this transition period of from, hey, we have a lot of hope to, um, I think we're gritty and I think we can win, but we're not sure. Uh, so what's your feeling kind of on the, on the transition the team is going through right now and where they're headed? Well, um, 
like in particular regarding Lafreniere and Kako and and last night's game, um, it was really fun to see how they were used in the shootout. Like I, I appreciated the position yes. that they were each put in, and um, you know, obviously, like it, you know, Lafreniere in particular, I loved that it was sort of a a risk only. Like he could have won the game and been the hero, but he wasn't going to lose the game there. Um, Kako obviously like did well in his spot, but I, I, I just really like that after the games they had. Um, it was just a little thing that stuck out to me. Obviously, it was you know then we had the elder st- the the now elder statesman Kreider you know ending the game, and it was just it was a good two night stretch, and um, you know kind of a lot of the people that everyone's been you know fretting about or hoping can snap out of things or hoping can sustain things kind of all we saw what that looks like when they all do that um at the same time which usually is the problem like no you know there's not that kind of coalescing of all the potential um so you know that said obviously like you know if you look at the standings and look at you know other teams with similar records they also have like a plus 20 goal differential or that sort of thing. Whereas the Rangers, I think are like flat or maybe yeah, they're minus two. So you know, just, yeah. Yeah. Just to do like, a, not to like just you know, it, there's little things like that. It's, it's, um, you know, there's, as you said, it's not like a, a the record, it, the vibes aren't as strong as the record. I feel like sometimes. Um, but I do think this was a great little stretch of games that they are just coming off of. Um, you know, where we saw like what things can look like when they're going relatively smoothly. Well, Katie, you, your comments essentially dovetailed perfectly into my next question for you, which is um, if, if we now live in a world where you're either super negative about the team and everybody hates you, or you're blindly optimistic and everybody hates you. Uh, what has happened to sports nuance? Does it exist? Did it ever exist? Is this the result of Twitter overtaking sports radio where we lost nuance somewhere along the way? Yeah, it's funny. Like I, I was thinking about this with the Knicks a little bit, which was that at the, I forget what, like when I wrote a piece, but I had written something like earlier, early in the season, the Knicks were on some run and I wrote a piece about, how silly I feel when I get really caught up in like an early season Knicks run, um, you know, just kind of knowing what's probably going to happen. And it was, just, and, 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 and I think the piece was tied to a game against the Nets. So it was also talking about the different expectations of, of the Nets and whatever it was. And then when the Knicks made the playoffs, people like there, were, I just started getting these tweets of people reblogging that. And like being like, what do you have to say now, Katie Banks? <laughs> and you know, it's just random people like kind of pumped, like I'm sure just Googling. I don't even know. But it was so funny to me because the piece I wrote was the most like waffling. Like I wasn't even it wasn't even a hot take in any way. It was very just sort of wishy washy, if anything. And um you know, people were like it was this, you know, this sort of um I forget what the name of the Twitter account is. It's like old takes exposed or something like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, and like that concept's kind of funny, I guess, but it just ends up being like kind of bad faith, like, you know, like cherry cherry picking just any old thing that was relevant at the time. And, 
Um, so that's like a weird trend that I've noticed on Twitter. It's just people searching, or I don't know if people are, are saving them or doing a search or whatever it is. I respect all methods of like being online and posting, like that's cool. But I do feel like it's just kind of a, a boring, like reactionary way to approach things. Like, oh, this person once like questioned, you know, the, you know, the shooting percentage of my favorite player, like, what do you have to say now? <laughs> like, okay, no one was, you know, staking. It's not personal. It's you're just observing what's going on. I mean, not to say that it's not satisfying sometimes if someone, you know, is really banging a drum that you disagree with and you see you know, it, it ends up not happening in the way that you predicted. Like, I get it. That's part of the discourse. But I do think you're right that there's like a weird, um, almost antagonistic instead of just like, I guess like maybe there's a difference between being like antagonistic and like argumentative. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a good dunk is always a good dunk, no matter where it is on the internet, <laughs> anywhere. It's like a a good dunk makes me clap. It's gonna always gonna happen that exactly. way. Exactly. I I always if people dunk on me, I clap. It's a great dunk. Congratulations, that's awesome. Uh, but I think what Greg is really pu- pushing at is that you can either be like, hey, this team like the all, all like let's use the Rangers for example. They're terrible at five v five this year. Just they just are. And, uh, so we, we say, Hey, the team, like, despite the record is pretty bad. Well, then it says, Hey, you're way too negative on this team. This team is winning. You should be enjoying the ride. And then you go the other way. Like, Hey, actually this team is pretty good. Uh, you know, they keep winning despite whatever's happening. They're nine, three and three. And everyone's like, Hey, you gotta be more negative. Like, you don't, you're not calling them out for what's really happening. There's no in between anymore. You, you can't just be like, there's two, duality doesn't exist when it comes to talking sports and, on, on any, like hardcore level of dissecting a team you're just always a villain no matter what happens and i don't know if that happens to everybody but it definitely happens to greg and i (laughs) well it's also like the the curse of the like mid-level team in a way like or, or you know the it's if the team is just really bad for a really long time there's kind of just a communal shared community in um talking about how bad things are and kind of, you know, the gallows humor type type stuff. But when you have a team that does have reasons for optimism and, and is, you know, maybe papering over some flaws with a good record. Um, I mean, I'll always remember, like, I think it was my first year covering hockey. Um, I don't, maybe 2011, 2012, I, I'm, I'm probably getting the year wrong, but like, I just remember the, the, one of the things that made me understand hockey, you know, quote, advanced stats or analytics, what, and, and Corsi and, and what it meant and how it manifested was, I think it was the Minnesota wild at the time were sort of the team that was doing really well, but people that were looking at the stats were like, eh, not so fast. And the fans were really mad about it. And I just remember that weird level of the fans being mad at math kind of, and, um, and just not, it's just this weird denial. Like it, it, the, I don't feel the optimism. I mean, I'm optimistic about the Rangers right now, but I don't feel that, um, like I, I resonate more with the people that are always gloomy than I do with the people who are like mad at someone for not being positive enough. Um, so that just, that example just always sticks out to me when there's the team that, you know, looks good on paper, but maybe is, you know, shooting unsustainably high or whatever it is. And people are like, no, it's because they have a, a brand new offense that no one's ever tried before. And it's, it, and you're sort of like, yeah, maybe not. So 
um, yeah, the, I think there's that aspect to it too, but I don't know. You guys also, you know, are just engaging with like the most passionate fans so closely. So you're going to definitely have like, Colin sports each end of the people. bell curve. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. Well, I'll also, I'll say this. It's the comparison between Rangers Twitter and Mets Twitter is always really funny to me specifically uh, because Mets Twitter, we've been, we've all been so just beaten up and depressed forever that when a good thing happens, we go, look at this great thing. Wonder how we're going to fuck it up. And then like you go to the Rangers Twitter and it's almost like we, some Ranger fans have just been too spoiled with things being generally good for a very long time so that when things weren't good, they're just like, no, wait, no, it'll be fine. And now that they're winning, despite like, if you play out these first 15 games, a hundred times, the amount of times the Rangers take points in 12 of the 15 while playing that poorly offensively, very limited. This is the best yeah. case scenario. Very nice of you to do a Simmonsism while Katie's here, but yes, <laughs> I, I did it. I, I, that was unintentional. <laughs> Completely the, unintentional. The, the, Mon- the Monte Carlo shuffle, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but like, it it it's hard. I I just I don't remember it being as contentious as it is now on any sports Twitter. Where like, if you try to. Not even we're not even trying to both sides it, right? We're just saying we're happy the Rangers have gotten all these points. Super we're worried they won't get all these points again in the next 15 games unless things improve. And by us simply saying that, you have half the fan base saying, no, you're yeah. an idiot. Of course, these good times will continue. And the other half saying, no, you're an idiot. They're terrible. Also, you're not and a I real just, fan, I, Greg. You're not a real fan. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, I, I don't remember how we got here. All I know is I kind of hate it, question mark. Well, I think I know how we got here, which translates to our next conversation, Greg. Uh, WFAN is a, is something that was a huge part of, I think, all three of our lives for a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, Steve yeah. Summers is uh, now finally retiring after all these years. He, he who be and you there, of course. Um, I, Greg, you wrote this uh, earlier to Katie. Is this somehow bigger than the era when Mike left? I mean, Summers has been around forever. He's, his nightly monologues are just... Uh, legendary someone we've been hunting for years ago on the show uh there's so much like sports radio has taken so many different turns over the years and I, I think it's still kind of evolving in a world that still has podcasts now uh but in that case it is is i guess i'll just ask it again is this a bigger error change than mike well b- before you answer katie I'll, I'll add on to that i just in my opinion there is no other steve summers in sports radio he is completely different from everything else you hear on there and that's in my mind why i think it's a bigger deal than we're letting on but i'm very curious to hear your opinion on summer's retiring state of sports radio all that good stuff yeah no totally i mean you i was just about to say like um what you just said which is mike is obviously a a king and a, a trailblazer and all those things and 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 one of a kind in his you know but um but there's other kind of Mike imitators and other Mike types um whereas Steve Summers is is very idiosyncratic um it's it's like the difference between you know a a smash hit and like the the deep cut that the true fans all know and it's like the secret handshake is you know there's plenty of people that no Mike and the Mad Dog, but 
you know, the people that listen to the sweater and the schmoozer, it, it's a different story. The Icelanders, uh, what is it already? It's just like the best. Yeah, the, ma- the mausoleum. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, just like my friends that, you know, um, me and my cool friends that <laughs> pull up the fan to each other from time to time, like, you know, those are, it, it's exactly the, you know, and how you be and me hear you there. And, you know, it's, it's just the difference between like the, the very random thing that can't always be explained to someone else that doesn't already like appreciate the, the, the genre. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it, it's funny that that said, I don't, I don't know if you li- listened, um, Steve Summers had sort of a, a final, final show today. I missed um, it. I, I, I'm going to try and catch in, on And there. actually, yeah, there were some great callers. Like um, Steve Levy actually had a great call in um, because he, I, I guess, worked, and he was super, super young and new. Um, and he talked about how great Steve was to him. And he also talked about how much he appreciated Steve's hockey. Um, you know, he, he talked about hockey all the time. And like you said, the Icelanders and had all these. It was actually funny. He was talking today. And I think within the span of 30 seconds, he, he mentioned Frederick Weiss and Eddie Jacquemine. And I was like, <laughs> who else makes that back-to-back references? You know, Eddie Munster and whatever. Um, so anyway, um, Steve Levy was great. And then Mike Francesa called in and, and it truly was like the clash of the Titans. Um, Mike called in and accidentally opened or, you know, accidentally opened his comments <laughs> by saying, welcome Steve. And then he said, ah, I mean, thanks for having me. So, <laughs> so classic. <laughs> then it turned out he was in the middle of walking his dog. I mean, it was like, you know, so you did see the fact that one of those guys is, you know, there's a reason why one of those guys is, like Chris, I'll say one of those guys is Steve Summers, and I say that, and like, a, you know, yes. it's, it's like you, the yin and yang, and um, yeah, I mean, it really does feel like that, you know, between them and Joe Beningo, it's sort of like the the holy trinity of um, of what the fans, you know, the sonic landscape of WFAN. It's, I don't yeah, it's, I don't know what's next though for for WFEN. I know it's it's not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm just with the the rise of podcasts, people like us, people that cover sports and the amount of sports coverage you can get and interaction between Twitch and YouTube and Facebook. I, I just don't know what they do to to uh, to kind of reinvent themselves or even if they need to do that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. I was I was thinking about like you know. The, the the difference in the times when it comes to like the overnight shift and like you know um time it, sorry i don't no, know if okay. you can hear my dog it's all good. Um, um you know it used to be that like if you're you know up late at night you're the the overnight shift like that's that's your company you know it's that or or a good book or something like that um maybe some like bad tv i called tony quite and a few Nick- times he was my friend at 2 a.m that's just how it was <laughs> exactly. we talked about the steelers and other garbage at 2 30 a.m is the best yeah for sure and now you know you can watch old highlights or you can like you said you can watch twitch you can scroll an article you know maybe you have something playing in the background but um you know that very direct connection with the during the overnight shift um you know it'll just be interesting to see how that manifests going forward um and yeah i mean you know there's i was listening to carton and evan today after um you know after uh steve summers logged off and um 
you know, there's still I, that kind of good daytime banter type stuff. But yeah, the sort of weird overnight guide who's hyper local, um, you know, didn't didn't really exist, you know, for a long time. Maybe it doesn't really exist in the same way now. And um, so, yeah, it does feel like the end of the, an era in the way that someone like Francesa, obviously, you know, a big retirement, you know, there's going to be like, there's like a Francesa coaching tree, you know what I mean? Yes, Whereas not, not, not in the same way as these summers. Well, if there's, if there's anything I know for sure is that WFAN will always be around because there will always be New Yorkers who need to call someone to ask if the Mets could trade J.D. Davis for Shohei Otani <laughs> and ask whether they're giving up too much. Those people will always exist, so WFAN will always be fine. It, just like you saying that, like I like the, I just felt like I was back in, in Jersey. <laughs> like, like I live in California now, and just yeah, just hearing the birds is like so, you know. And that's the other cool thing about Steve Summers, like what a, just someone that really had the most, you know, bizarre callers and so indulged weird. them. And yeah, it's so weird. Like, and his weird noises that he makes throughout the whole outside. interview where he's talking to somebody, it's like, what is this guy doing? But he's the best in it. It always feels purposeful. Everything he does. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> like everything. It's like, holy crap. Yeah. The, the fan has so yeah, many great moments. Like, and I mean, as a writer, like his little opening uh, remarks, like those are, that's like, it's like, it's as if he was sitting down and like creating like a New York Times crossword puzzle, you know, before every shift, like that's like wordplay and these little, you know, and you know, sometimes they're super corny, but that's just to be able to do that so often and have a little, you know, right after the end of a game, he would have these little remarks and um just like a a totally different skill set than the performance of it which is its own thing and so yeah just like really really interesting guy yeah yeah even he, um, sorry Greg, he would he would always come on after met games and my when i was little my dad and i would be driving home and he would have what sounds like a shakespearean play about the <laughs> met game that i just watched that is somehow more interesting than how i actually watched it and I remember vividly one time I just like he went on this rant and I go, I just go to my dad. I was like, wow, that that just sounds really cool the way he's describing it. And my dad just looked at me and goes, yeah, if you ever read a book, you might be able to do that, too. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it's just the most impactful thing I think any human being has ever said to me. And I was like, oh, oh, you think you're so stupid. All right. No, nope, that's fair. Fair. I totally understand. Oh my God. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, like between that and Walt, you know, Walt Frazier, like with his, I, I still remember him saying words that we were like studying in like the vocabulary unit at school. And I was like, oh, wow, omniscient or omnipotent. Like, you know. No, the <laughs> only reason, the only reason I know what the word percolating means is because of Walt Clyde <laughs> Frazier. That is a thousand percent correct. Yeah. Wow. I mean, WFAN really, you know. TG is it's like the companion to Sesame Street. Like the, the, you graduate from that to um, <laughs> beefing up all of our vocabulary. Unbelievable. Katie, uh, we've kept you long enough and I appreciate you taking all the time you have with us. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, I mean, ringer.com. Ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah, your source for all your written and, and, and audio needs. Right. And uh, yeah, we, we're just ringer.com oh, that's 
that's my plug. Great podcast network too. There you go. I'll, I'll help you out there. We're actually done with the show oh, too. Oh yeah, we love our pods. There. Yeah, it, I I literally I need the rewatchables at this point in my life. I don't even see half the movies. I just need someone to talk to me about a movie I haven't seen. <laughs> oh yeah, that and like and uh, I I've, I've been loving our Yellowstone content as I've been binging that show and yeah. Pop culture galore. We're also out of here too. You can follow me on Twitter at Orion. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back next week. We love you guys. Thanks, Katie. Talk to everyone soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. And of course, this episode is brought to you by the people that are the good people of the Offer Sheet Club, the exclusive members of our NHL Insiders Chat on Discord. Uh, it's always fun hanging out with all you great people, all the, all the great weird theories we have, and all the good times we have in the chat. So I do want to thank Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam... Curatolo, I think Adam actually messaged me on how to say this correctly. I think it's Curatulo, Tulo, Tutolo, nailed it. Good. I'm getting funny looks. Alex Garter, Amber Coensberger, Austin Beetleman, Ben Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggest Malone, Brian Doyle, Broadway Busher, Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Dennis, De- I don't know why I call it. This is what he said. I call you Dennis last week, Daniel, but your name is Daniel, and I don't know why I did that. I'm getting funny looks again. No, last week, you don't understand. Look at me. Last week, I called Daniel Dennis because I read ahead on the list. Okay, she's still looking. <laughs> Daniel Tayson, David Narrative, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz. There we go. Actual Dennis. Eric Stagg, George Wabritsky, give Gartner a cup. Gretzky Garrett McFly. Welcome, Gretzky Garrett McFly. Very fun. Thank you so much. Ha- Harrison Hasco, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry and Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazek Gronkowski, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, Max Nielsen, Pavel Kodrev, Randy Tesser, Stephen Lohmeyer, Stigblebox, Swingart, The Drop Case, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Upstate, Vin, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. Boom! Nailed it. Got it all done. There's a lot of you now. Thank you all for becoming a part of the Blue Shirts Breakaway family and uh, hanging out with us. I-, I wanted to take this moment to talk about, if you don't mind, how- what it meant to me when Gallant went to Capococco in that shootout. I don't think you understand. I know Capococco had a game score of, what, what was it, 3.79? The highest of any Ranger this year, his second highest game score ever was 0.65. But for Gallant to not only, he had other options. I don't know if you've heard of Martemi Panarin who went after him. I mean, he never went to Adam Fox. That is very strange to me. He went to Kevin Rooney first, question mark? I'm not sure why that was a uh, why that was a smooth move from Mr. Gallant, but that's what is what happened. But he went to Capo Caco in a moment where the Rangers could have easily lost the game if Capo doesn't score. Yes, I know that there's another chance, etc. Caco goes out there absolutely buries it. And then he goes to Lafreniere, and, and, and not a high-pressure, it's still a high-pressure situation, but a situation where he can be the hero. I think Gallant, who I'm I'm still lukewarm on, I haven't fallen in love with just yet. And I think most of us kind of feel that way. But a lot of fans seem to love him. And maybe this tough development, I don't think with Lafreniere, but more with Kako, has sort of, or maybe will allow him to take this next step. I, and I say that because Kako said in the post-game, hey, I'm really happy that Gallant has allowed me to stay on this line and stuck with me despite my low production. Because that was not going to be the case with David Quinn last year. And I, I'm, I'm a noted David Quinn defender, as you know. I think he got short end of a stick when it came to some criticisms he got. But there were plenty of criticisms to have for David Quinn in this situation. And one of them was he moved everyone up and down the line at will. And Kako never got comfortable, never got to play in the place he wanted, was moved up and down between the third, the fourth, the first, everywhere. He got played everywhere. And instead, Gallant just said, hey, we know that you're going to be good. We have, we know you have the potential. 
play with Artemi Panarin, the best left wing in the league. Ryan Strom, who can't make, can't make, can't hit an empty net to save his life, but will absolutely pass you the puck back, and uh, and has done that. So I think that showed a lot of confidence building for not only Kako but my confidence in Gallant. Of he's going to give these kids chances. He's going to allow them. It's it's not a meritocracy. Kako did have the best game of any Ranger, and he was the first star overall. But to have him go out there at the end of the game and just do and and take that shot, uh, I was shocked at the moment and uh, couldn't have paid off any better. Hate the shootout. Wasn't couldn't be cooler than that. One of the best. Uh, one of the game of the year, if I'm being honest. And anyway, thanks for staying and listening. And uh, love you guys. Thanks for the support. We'll be back later this week on OT.